Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You can't, you can't censor, censor us. us. This is Uncensored Parenting. Talking about the shit no one else will. You've got questions. We've got, well, we've got perspectives. Coming up on today's episode, we sit down with Jenna Redman, a trained professional about gender identity. We were blown away by what we learned. If you don't know enough about this topic, you won't want to miss this episode. Jenna covers all the terms used when it comes to understanding gender, how social expectations on gender can prevent kids from reaching their fullest potential, some of the dangers of ignoring your kids when they want to discuss gender and why you should always take them seriously, why parents are the most important tool and what you can do for your child when they have disclosed information to you about their gender and some steps to take if there has already been a rupture with your kids on this topic. And of course, don't miss Jenna's best parenting advice on gender. Welcome to Uncensored Parenting. Hello everyone, today we have Jenna Redman. Jenna is the Director of Family and Educational Programming at Gender Spectrum and is involved with the organization since 2014. They are non-binary, queer, and a parent to an energetic four-year-old. Jenna is passionate about social justice and creating online spaces and resources for youth, parents, and professionals to gain a better understanding around gender and the intersections within that. Their work at Gender Spectrum has been featured on CNN and Good Morning America, and they have worked with many organizations and hundreds of parents around looking at gender through a more expansive lens. Jenna, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Okay, so first question out the gate, what is Gender Spectrum? As an organization or a concept? Uh, (laughs) We can touch on both. So Gender Spectrum as an organization, we are a national nonprofit and our work is all around creating gender inclusive spaces for young people. And we primarily work with parents and caregivers, youth themselves um, and professionals who are hoping to understand more around gender. And so while our work is really focused on all kids, We also do a lot of specific work with transgender, non-binary, and gender expansive youth, and then kind of supporting their families along that journey and the professionals that are in their lives in some capacity. Um, Yeah. Great. And when we're talking about um, gender spectrum or gender identity, I know some big questions come up around like, what is gender gender identity? What is gender expression? Like, how would you describe that or define it for parents? Yeah, so it's tricky because I think sometimes gender can feel um, really complicated. And so we get these big questions to kind of break down really simply, but that's a lot of the work that I do. And so we think about gender in kind of three different categories, our body, so kind of how we feel about our body, how other people look at our body and maybe gender us based on our body, 
our identity. So the terms that we might use, like I use non-binary, some people might use cisgender or transgender, and then our social or gender expression. So how we present our gender to other people, that can be things like how we walk or talk, how we express ourselves. And so we kind of categorize gender into those three buckets. So our body, our identity, and our social gender, and kind of think about it as a spectrum in each of those three categories. And every person and every kid is really trying to find where they fit within those three sort of buckets or dimensions. Um, Yeah, so that's a quick, quick summary. Okay. And would you be willing to clarify, like social gender is new to me. Is that similar to gender expression, like how we're expressing? That's what the social, social gender is. Okay. Yeah. So kind of like, how we express our gender, but also how society may perceive us based on sort of that expression. Um, And we often talk about for young people, that is often what can be the most important to them or what they have the most control over. So like their hairstyles, their clothes. Um, For younger kids, it might be what type of backpack do they get to bring to school? How do they decorate their room? So kind of how they outwardly express their gender to other people. Can you clarify non-binary? And- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, when we talk about terms, something that I encourage people to do is exactly what you did is asking someone, hey, I heard you use the term non-binary. What does that mean to you? Because there is such a pressure to know every term. And I do this work every day. And it's like, there's so many terms that I don't know, right? There's new terms being created all the time. So I think that's a great, a great question. Um, And so I kind of define non-binary as a umbrella term for anyone who sort of doesn't fit into um, this binary model of boy, girl, or man, woman. So anyone who falls kind of into this category of not really fitting into either of those buckets, um, might identify as non-binary. So for me, I picked that term because I just personally don't feel like either category works for me. And I sort of want like a blank slate when people see me. And I like to kind of define, gender for myself versus kind of have it already be expected. But everyone, the tricky thing and the nice thing is that everyone uses gender terms differently. So I really encourage parents to ask if it's a person in their life to have that person define it for them, because that takes the pressure off of you to know exactly what they're talking about or what your child's talking about. And it gives the opportunity to the young person to be able to put language to the term that they're using. I love that idea of asking the question because often I feel like I've talked to many people who have different, you know, different definitions of what that means for them. So that's a really great question. Yeah. And I think even as like a, a former educator, it was hard to know like who identifies as what. So knowing that it's okay to ask somebody how they identify actually is really helpful to to know how everybody identifies. And maybe for our listeners who don't know, what is cisgender? Yeah, so I can define like a couple common terms. So usually what we'll define is cisgender, transgender, and non-binary, because those are the three most common terms. And then there's lots of other terms kind of in those three categories, but just to cover kind of the basis. So cisgender, essentially, these are like Latin terms that have Latin um prefixes. So cisgender means on the same side of your gender. So essentially, whatever you sex you were assigned at birth 
if you feel like that always fit for you, it kind of made sense, it feels good for you, you most likely identify as cisgender. Whereas if you identify as transgender, that essentially means across from. So your gender doesn't fully fit what was assigned to you at birth. Um, and then for folks who might feel somewhere in the middle, those folks will often identify as non-binary. Great, um, thank you. Kind of just not wanting to fit either category. Yeah, and so talking about this, like why is it imp- important for parents to talk to their kids about gender and to normalize a conversation around gender? Yeah, such a good question. I think it's important because gender impacts all kids, regardless of what your gender identity is. There is no way that gender norms, gender expectations haven't impacted your child in some way. And as a parent, there are so many ways that you've been impacted by gender over your lifetime. And so that's often where we start with parents is kind of starting with the place of like, in what ways have expectations around being a man impacted you? What about being a woman? And often parents will come up with like all of these examples of things that have been challenges for them in their life around gender expectations. And so I think it's so important because those expectations are being put on kids at a really young age. And we want to hold space for kids to be able to like unleash all the possibilities and who they can be. And so that's the kind of starting place that I think I often share with parents is that even if your child is not transgender or gender expansive in some way, um, if you are raising a boy, a cisgender boy, there's so many expectations around like what it means to be a man. And um, when is it okay to show your emotions? When is it not? Like all these things that we hope Um, we can hold space for to encourage like healthy development. Right. And the same thing for girls, like there's so many expectations so young around performing femininity and sort of like what leadership roles can you have and all the ways that there's just like these strict expectations. And so even just from that place, I think it's really important. And then also we just know that for transgender, non-binary and gender expansive youth, there's much higher rates of self-harm, um, depression, suicide. And like, of course, that is not what anyone wants for their kid. And so the earlier you can start having these conversations, um, I think just like the better environment it creates for all kids, kind of regardless of sort of where they end up on their gender journey. I, I love that. That I heard there's something that stuck out in that, what you were just saying there was a giving uh, the children a chance to unleash all their possibilities, like not mm-hmm. putting them in that box and not, you know, defining it for them, just unleashing all those possibilities. You had said gender expansive a couple of times, and I'm curious what you mean by gender expansive. Yeah. So that's like another term we use. I use that term really as an umbrella term for anyone who doesn't sort of follow traditional gender norms. And we use that term a lot because often For kids and for parents, it can be a long journey to find an identity term that works. So sometimes, you know, a young person might not know that they're transgender until they like meet other transgender people or they start exploring that journey. Or similarly, like for me, I didn't really even know the concept of non-binary until I was much older. And so we often use gender expansive as a way to kind of just describe like 
anyone who's sort of not following traditional gender norms. And they may not have landed on like the exact term that they want to use or what fits for them, or parents may not be at a place where they want to use a specific term for their child. And so gender expansive is just kind of like capturing anyone who falls out of traditional roles or views or norms around gender. Gotcha. So just thinking about some parents might feel or I'll just say it. Some parents might feel like this is a phase for their child or, um, you know, the popular thing to do um, around identifying, you know, different than what their cisgender identification is. And so what do you suggest to a parent who might be struggling with this concept, but their child maybe really is feeling or um, trying out different things? Like what would be your suggestion to those parents? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And it's such a topic of conversation right now. Um, I think that it's important to validate where both folks are coming from, right? So for parents, often parents, like we've grown up in a world, like I'm a millennial and I still feel like I've grown up in a world that's so different than young people today around gender. And so I think for parents, there really is this genuine, like, confusion and unpacking of like, this is so different than sort of like the rigid ideas around gender that many of us grew up with. Whereas young people who now have like access to social media and different language and all of these things can't even conceptualize a world where gender norms were like as strict as they are, as they were back then. Um, So what I say is that I think it's really important to just be on the journey with your child, right? Even if you personally feel like it's a phase, um, just listening to your child, hearing what they have to say about gender. For many kids, it is a lifelong journey, right? So things can ebb and flow. And for many of us, right, we can relate to like discovering something about ourselves or figuring out who we want to be in the world and that we didn't figure that out overnight, right? It took kind of like trying different things on or trying different like career paths and being like, nope, that one's not for me. And I think there are aspects of gender that are that way where you're kind of fine tuning how you feel about your own gender. Um, But I also think there are very real safety concerns if parents ignore kind of what their young person is bringing up around gender. So sometimes that's the hard conversation we have to have with parents of like, it can feel really scary for your kid to be bringing up something to you where you maybe immediately go to like surgery and hormones and all of these things that are um, most likely very far down the road, if it even is something your child is interested in and really just focusing on the present. Like what's your kid telling you right now about who they are, what they're interested in, what feels good to them and often waiting and not having those conversations and sort of following them on their journey can create this long-term damage and harm that I think parents don't often connect in the moment because these ideas around like it could be a phase or they're being peer pressured by others feel innocent and kind of silly. But what we see is that Um, gender expansive young people who have supportive parents who are having those conversations with them have much lower rates of um, things I mentioned earlier, like mental health stuff, depression, disordered eating, drug and alcohol abuse, um, 
And so I think it's important to just like with anything you want to take your kid seriously, even if in your head, you're like, I have a lot of doubts. I don't really understand this. Just opening up the space for conversation. I think that's really important. And so is it, is it pretty common for like kids as they're experiencing some of this, like to actually say like, I think I'm this, or I think I'm this, or I think I'm this and kind of like go back and forth. Is that something that's pretty common? I think it's common to a certain degree. Like, I think what we often see is young people who are gender expansive or queer or gay all kind of find each other, right? I feel like that's one piece is that parents think like, oh, my kid's been peer pressured into this. And it's like, you pro- they probably all found each other for a certain reason. And then over time, they kind of figure out like, okay, what about us is similar? What about us is different? And I think that's where sometimes we see the shift in terms that young people are using because um, an example could be like a young person thinks that they're gay and they find a bunch of other queer kids at their school. And then as they start unpacking things more, maybe they meet someone else who identifies as non-binary. And then they're like, oh, that's a thing. I didn't even know that's a thing. That actually fits so much more of how I'm feeling than gay did. And for the young person, that can be really liberating and exciting. And for a parent, it's like, oh my gosh, like I just got on board with what you told me. (laughs) Now this is shifting is this even a real thing? Like there's a lot of panic, I think that happens for parents. And, but yeah, I think that is very common. And so not necessarily, I would say not necessarily jumping from identity terms so much as like, I'm transgender to I'm cisgender again, but more like fine tuning what terms might work for you. Um, Yeah. And I think that that's very common and definitely the piece around finding your community, you know, you gravitate towards people who resonate with you in some way. And we, that's often what we tell parents. Like, I don't think it's just by coincidence, right. That your child has found a few other kids at the school who like don't fit traditional gender norms because that's probably who they feel safe with and affirmed with. And that's like a very, a very common experience we hear from youth and from parents. And that's probably really good actually for parents to hear because if they're seeing that with their child, then they can open a conversation if the child hasn't come to talk to them yet about it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen exactly what you're speaking of so many times in just the last couple of years of where I teach. And so it's like, it's, it's exactly that they just flock together and Mm -hmm. figure out their patterns. So, Mm -hmm. um, what would be, like, what is an appropriate age to even start talking about gender or um, the whole gender spectrum? Like, where where do you suggest parents start, start at what age to talk to kids about this? Yeah, I think I'm like very strongly believe that you should just start as young as you can the same way you're exploring so many different concepts with young kids. Like I have a four year old and we've been talking to her about gender as soon as we were like reading books and oftentimes it's not where we're not having direct conversations like this is the gender binary and all these things. Right. But it can be things as simple as like presenting a range of toys to play with or picking board books that have um, diverse characters in them. Right. Or talk about gender in more expansive ways. It can be even things like, picking out this is a timely one like figuring out Halloween costumes and letting a child pick whichever one they want um 
I think it's so similar to things around like race and all these different intersections where there are age appropriate ways where you can start showing like diverse experiences, diverse ways of thinking. Um, and we have conversations a lot in my house around like, you know, some people are boys, some people are girls, some people are both neither or in between like what do you think you are today like just breaking it down in simple terms and then just moving on with your day right it doesn't need to be like that's all you're talking about um but as much as you can just kind of challenging all these gender norms that are just kind of like I often say it's like the water that we swim in and the air that we breathe it's just everywhere and so any way you can sort of even if you feel uncomfortable as a parent like oh this feels so not like a typical girl thing, like just mixing things up, I think is really good. So I think that can start as young as you're, you know, reading books and playing and acting out different things with kids. And what are, what about the parents who like fear, like if they do talk about this with their kids, that they're encouraging them to be a certain way and maybe they're not, but they're impressionable or, um, you know, that I, cause I can imagine some parents having fear. Like if I expose my child to this and that's actually right. not even something they think about, but now I've created this whole entire thing. Like what would, what would your suggestion be if they're feeling that fear? Yeah. I mean, I think kind of reframing it to having these open conversations around gender is not focusing on transgender and non-binary as like an identity. It's more thinking about like when you're playing games with a little kid, like letting all kids be doctor, letting all kids be the nurse, letting all kids be the parent cooking in the pretend kitchen, right? It's not, it's really opening up your kid's mind to like, look at all the possibilities of who you could be. Or if your kid's feeling upset about something, like regardless of their gender being like, it's okay to feel your feelings. It's okay to feel how you're feeling right now. And focusing more on that, because I think that's ultimately what the hope is, right? Is that you're just allowing more spaciousness for your kid to, to be who they are and to show you who they are. Um, and my like personal experience is that I think most kids have a very stable sense of their gender. That's a lot of studies around by like age four, most kids have a stable sense of that. And I think like my household is a perfect example where we we're like very expansive in our views around gender, but my child is pretty stable in what her gender is. And so that, I think that is such a fear families have, but I really think you, what you don't want is a situation where your kid is repressing those feelings also for a really long time. And then we have families who have so much like grief that they're going through of wishing they had provided that space earlier for their child. And so I think both we want to have those conversations early and know that like that is not encouraging your kid to be trans or to be gay. I one time saw this example of um, someone comparing like how many times we all played doctor as a kid and how many of us actually turned out as doctor <laughs> and like thinking about that with gender, right? Like doing all these things doesn't mean that's what you're going to become. It just gives you kind of like these, right? Like play skills and emotional skills that you want to build. It doesn't really define your, your path. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good example for yeah, the parent. It, it makes me think about like we're removing the bias or that like you said earlier like the expectations that we have on certain genders for kids to feel like anything's accessible to them. Mm -hmm. It's it, versus like can, gender confusion, I guess, so to speak. 
Um, yeah yeah so and to me that's just so much more fun I'm like when I play with my kid I want us to have like as many costumes as many books as many things to play with I don't want to also be limited as a parent in the activities we can participate in or what we do and so sometimes I frame it also that way for parents of like give yourself as many fun things to do with your child and if you take out some of the gender like limitations then all of a sudden you have like way more options of things that you can do um, which I enjoy as a parent yeah yeah so you had kind of brought up the conversation around like some families felt like you know they wish they could have made space for their child let's say that a child has come to their parent and is expressing, you know, uh, around maybe being non-binary or not feeling as if their, uh, their feelings on the inside match, you know, their cis gender. What, what do you suggest for parents? Like what would be the next step? What do they do? Yeah, I think the first step is just to listen to your child and believe them. That is, even if in your head, of course, as parents, right, we're like, what does this mean? We need to do research. We need to learn more. But to have your first response to the child in front of you of just listening, validating, agreeing with what they're saying or asking more questions, like, what does that feel like for you? Um, You know, depending on the age, right? If it's a little kid, it might be like, oh, I I hear that you don't want to wear this outfit. What outfit do you want to wear? We can pick it out together. Um, If it's like an older kid, like maybe a middle school or having that conversation of like, okay, so what does non-binary mean for you? Um, Why is that a word that, you know, you feel like makes sense? And holding your own fears, concerns, panic inside as much as you can, which can be really hard. And then the next step I always encourage parents is to find some sort of support. Even if you're like, I don't know what this means for my kid, right? It might just mean that that's how they feel that day. But finding a space, like we do a lot of virtual parent support groups at Gender Spectrum or just educational, like gender 101 in an hour kind of webinars so that you have a space to to unleash all those fears and worries and concerns, but not in front of your child. Because I think that's like the biggest piece that's so hard, um, but is so important is to sort of like, you don't want to give that unfiltered response to your kid. You want to do that in a space where people can hold that for you in front of your kid as much as you can just validate them and listen. And then often the next step is really just being on that journey, right? There's not always all these things that are going to change right away. It's often just like being in that space with them, learning more about gender, asking them questions about what feels good for them, what doesn't feel good. Um, And often I think what we hear from a lot of families is they'll start that process at home of like creating this really safe container at home. And then over time, seeing where your kid is at. So maybe it's like they want to use certain pronouns and try them out. And you do that at home to see how it feels. Or they, you know, your kid really wants to wear this outfit to school and you're like not sure how it's going to go. So you wear that outfit at home to start. So I think that's a really good starting place. And then just giving it time, right? There's not this whole checklist of like, do X, Y, and Z in 30 days. You know, it's just kind of like being in that space. I think a challenge can be for teens, often teens that kind of, you know, disclose something about their gender um, 
are, have been thinking about it for a very long time, right? They've been like researching things on social media. They often have a whole sense of like who they are and they might share that with their parent and forget that this is like brand new information for their parent to take in. So in that experience, we often have like a teen can be on like fast track to wanting all these things. And the parent is like, I've had 10 minutes to (laughs) absorb this information. So that's like a different, I think, dynamic that can be presented than having younger kids where you can really be on that journey with them versus a teen might have really been holding that for a long time. Um, and, And often teens can forget that, right? They're like, I want these pronouns now. I want this new name now. I want to wear this outfit now. And parents like, you know, need some time to process. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think about, you know, many times I've had conversations with people or parents, especially around um, gender. And I, I've heard a few times like, oh, well, does this mean my child's gay? Like, will you just clarify for us, like, that the gender identity is different from sexual orientation and just because they feel like they might be non-binary or even they might be transgender or want to be transgender, it doesn't necessarily mean they're gay. Will you just kind of clarify um, the difference between the two so that parents understand? Yeah, so we, yeah, it's, it's so important. So we often... Um, split and really try to tell people that like your gender and your gender identity is separate from your sexual orientation. And so I kind of in simple terms, describe it as your gender is personal, right? It's just personal to you, who you know yourself to be, and your sexual orientation is interpersonal, right? It's like your romantic relationships with other people, your whatever type of relationship, right? You have with someone else or multiple people. And so separating those two is so important, right? When we're talking about gender, we're talking about like with a young, with a young person, we're talking about gender. We're talking about like colors are for all kids, right? Um, any kid can be whoever they want. And we're not talking about like intimate relationships, right? And so I think separating those two is really important and reminding parents that all young people have like a gender journey and a journey around sexual orientation and that those two things are separate. So, you know, kind of circling back to you talking about, you know, the parents and if it's brought to them and pausing and validating and listening. um, What about those parents who've already reacted, who've already messed up that first step that you just said? And I do want to go back and validate my kids and let them know that I'm heard. But man, I completely panicked, went into a fear state. What do I do now? How do I kind of like repair that with my child. Yeah. And that's the more common reaction, right? So parents who have had that reaction are not alone. That's like pretty much, I think also what is to be expected of most parents. And there's so much room to repair that, right? There's so many parents who feel stuck in this place of like, now I'm at a point of acceptance. I can't believe the things that I said when my kid first told me they were thinking about their gender in different ways. Um, And so I think for those parents, just reminding yourself, like you have a whole lifetime to to repair and that small interaction is going to weigh so much less than like a lifetime of affirming and supporting your child. Mm -hmm. And so doing things like 
really trying to use the right pronouns if they're wanting to change pronouns, even if you're messing up, but trying to do it, um, coming to like a gender spectrum support group or a presentation on gender. Those are all things that show to your child that you're, that you're trying and you're genuinely wanting to do better. And I think also young people are somewhat expecting that response and in a sad way can almost relate, right? A lot of young people can relate to like, oh, the way that my parent reacted when I first told them it was so terrible and yada, yada, yada. Um, But what really matters is like how you're showing up afterwards. That can really, um, I don't want to say erase because sometimes those, those first conversations can hold a lot of weight for young people, but it can definitely make up for those initial conversations. Um, Yeah. That's a great question. All right. So just our big question we ask all our guests is if you could give one piece of advice for parents right now about this topic, what would you say? That's such a good question. My advice would be to reflect on your own gender and what things around it feel like they were made through society's expectations and what were the things that were what you truly felt around your gender. Um, And to take that and really think about what is the kind of world we want to create for the young people today, right? What's the kind of world we want to create for our kids and believing them when they share with us how they feel about their own gender and wanting to be on the journey with them. Hmm. Wonderful. Jenna, thank you. If you, if, if parents wanted to reach out to you or um, find resources, where can they find you online? Yeah. So families can find us at genderspectrum.org. We have a lot of resources on our website. We also post a lot of stuff on our Instagram and Facebook. So you can find us on Instagram. We're at gender underscore spectrum. And you can also email us from the website and we can get you connected with all the different groups we have and educational programs. We have youth groups as well. We also do school trainings. So any of those things, we can connect you to the right people. Wonderful. Jenna, thank you so much for taking your time today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Uncensored Parenting. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Uncensored Parenting Podcast. We're out. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid.